As promised, the story I want to share with you is a story brought down in a book called Emunah Shlema. And it speaks about the following situation. It was, the sh- it was in Tafshin Mem, and the Rav, Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Gosman, who I think, at, when the story was being said, maybe also today, he's the... Today... Yeah, when the story was written, he was the Rav of Elad. But at that point, in the story time, he was the Rav in Bikata Yarden. And in one of his lessons to the people that lived in the area, he spoke about the importance of keeping the Shemitah year. Shemitah year is the seventh year. Every seventh year, there's a cycle of every seven years. And in that year, one in Israel is not allowed to work the land. Like it said, it says in the Toyo. So he described what it says in the Torah, and it says that if a person is going to ask, oh no, everyone who used to be farmers, and if they, if I don't work the land, then how are we going to have anything to eat? Don't worry, the Torah says in the sixth year you'll see, you'll see a lot of uh, extra food, you'll get extra crops to ensure you'll be okay. One of the people that attended this year was a farmer by the name of Effie, and he was he had a lot of capabilities. It was a very talented person and he got really excited and he said in front of everyone that's it Kvodav, in honor of the Rav or something if you promise me that what you just told me is going to happen to me that in the sixth year or I'll get double the produce or something I'm willing to keep Shemitah now one has to understand that the background to the story in those days Everyone that lived in that area was totally based on their farming. And hence, that's why he asked the Rav. The Rav asked him, and that's why the Rav asked him, what are you going to do in the seventh year? How are you going to make a living? So he said... Sorry, he didn't ask him how are you going to make a living. He just asked him, so what are you going to do in the seventh year? So he said, oh, I'll learn a bit, and I'll uh, do some chesed. So... And then Effie told the, that Rav, listen, I'm only solely basing my promise that I'll keep it only if you give me your word that Hashem will take care of me. I don't know anyone religious except for you and I trust you. If you say, if you're mitchayev, which means if you promise me that nothing will happen to me and everything will be okay from Parnassah perspective, financially, then I'm going to keep the Shemitah. So this Rav of Gosman, was ve- he was very scared of the responsibility involved because he also knows that there's some opinions that say that because today keeping Shemitah, not all opinions are like this, but some, is not from the Torah, it's only from the sages because it will only be when the Beis HaMikdash will come back, it will be, according to everyone, from the, from the Torah. So some also say the blessing that Hashem promises if you'll keep the Shemitah is not relevant today. And hence he decided to discuss this at the time with Harav Yashiv Zatzal. And Harav Yashiv said, you can't promise him because some Bichlal hold that this whole promise that you'll be taking care of is not talking on the individual level but on the Klal, on, on the level of all of Am Yisrael and not to personal people. However, you could tell him that if he does such a thing, he will see out the Dishmaya from Hashem. But keep it a general statement that will see how from Hashem. So Arov Gosman went back to this guy, Effie, the farmer, and he told him exactly what Arov Yashiv said. 
And that was good enough for him, and he kept the Shemitah. Now all the other farmers were in shock, and they asked him to borrow his machinery when they could, but he, like his tractors, etc., but he wouldn't allow it because it's an Avirat. He was told by the Rav it's an Avirat even to let them use it because they're not allowed to really be, be doing work on the farm as well. In any case, towards the end of this Shemitah year, this year, then now Effie the farmer had to decide what to do. Usually every year what happens is that you get a bunch of seeds. A lot, a lot of seeds are very expensive, but the government helps you and as a result what happens is you loan a certain amount of money or all the seeds that you're going to plant and then whenever you sell them, then you give them back the money you owe them. However, the time frame, the time window to be able to uh, to put to uh, plant everything is very limited, and because they started late, because they had to wait till the first full year was finished, till after Rosh Hashanah, then he barely got anything. And the person in charge over there says, "Listen," and this is after he used all his connections, which he didn't have much left of after the year that he didn't help anyone else. But through all the connections, the only thing that the Ovdeya Sukhnut, the people related to it in the in Medina, in the government, or were able to give him his, believe it or not, very bad conditions, celery, celery uh, seeds. And even the person said straight out to him, listen, you can have them for free because I don't think there's a good chance they're going to grow well. Because, uh, but I'll give them to you for free because no matter what, I'll probably throw them to the to the garbage if I don't give them to you. So Effie, the farmer, had no choice. So he took all the celery seeds and all the acres of land he had. He planted them. Now it was it wasn't proportional to the demand that usually is required in Nazi soil for a celery, but he still planted. He had nothing else to do. People were in shock how the celery grew. It grew and grew and grew to crazy proportions. And also the Rav involved, Rav Grossman, couldn't believe how it grew so nicely and the amount, it was crazy. No one ever saw such a thing. It would be enough to give the whole country celery for, they say, for five uh, months straight. So everyone asked him, everyone around him, whoa, that's a crazy amount of celery. What are you going to do with so much celery? So, he spoke like a real Yerei Hashem, and he says, someone that really believes in Hashem, and he says, I did my my share, I'm sure HaKadosh Baruch is going to help me out. One day, Effie, with a lot of excitement, calls that Rav, and he says, please come to me immediately. Effie waited for him, and he come, and the following was in his, the words that came out of his mouth. He said, just now, that same friend of mine that that works for the Sukhnut that gave me all the celery seeds asked me, tell me something, whatever happened with those celery seeds? Did you do anything with it? So Effie answered him back, are you kidding me? Did I do anything with it? I see celery, I eat celery, I breathe celery, and I sleep celery. I'm called Mr. Celery over here. He goes, what? You have such an enormous amount? He goes, yeah. No, no matter how much you want, I can give you more. So that guy, the... The person working for the Sukhmut says, that's unbelievable, you should know. That really, in the marketplace, every celery head costs. It can be sold for a half a dollar, but you'll be able to sell each one for three, four, or even five dollars. 
Effie, the farmer, was in shock. He never heard of such prices. He goes, what? So he explained to him, listen, in the past two weeks, there was a crazy cold wave that hit uh, Europe, and everything froze, and people really want hot soup with celery, and, and they can't get celery anywhere in Europe. And therefore, they, there's a crazy sun demand for it, and people, all the, all the stores are asking for tons. And they're asking Israel if they have anything. So he said to him, listen, take as much as you want. I'm going to bring you all these aircrafts to, to fill them up with celery, and we'll bring them over to Europe. And that's what happened. Through, within a couple of weeks, he brought tons of workers, Jews and Arabs from the villages nearby. And they worked day and night until every, all, every celery was taken. And that took until Pulim, and Pulim everything got completed. And there was, I mean, was, and by Pesach time, whoever won celery didn't have any, because there was nothing left. Needless to say, the farmer Effie became rich from this whole ordeal, or blessing in disguise, as they say. And he bought a really, really expensive Cadillac, and he called it the Cadillac of Shvi'it. And he explained that he does that on purpose because everyone, I didn't mention this in the story, but everyone was booing him all the time about how he was able to ditch his land and do nothing the whole year, and everyone was upset at him. And at the end of the day, he did a huge Kiddush Hashem, and that is why he bought this special Cadillac, so it could be to, to always show off how much Kiddush Hashem was done here. And uh, that's the story. Now, why am I saying the story here? Because you see that a Jew over here took initiative and went against the current and worked on himself, that despite everyone putting him down, and no matter what, he decided to believe in Hashem and he worked on himself, because it wasn't easy, especially since seeing that he never did this before. And he took upon himself that I am taking upon myself not to work, even though I'm a farmer in the Shvis. And... And you see what Siata Dishmaya he got. So he got something that we'll learn from the story as well. Each one on his in his own domain to see what Nakude he can work on and to try to become a better person and work on his Amuna and Ptachoin with Hashem. Good job.